0: Welcome to the Big Ten Football Talk Podcast. I am your host, Zach Guggenheim, and Merry Christmas to you all. Hope you guys enjoyed your holidays. Uh, obviously, New Year's coming up, big bowl games, hopefully. Uh, the playoff, hopefully. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about Omicron and how it's uh, it, it could take away all our happiness, at least from a college football sense. But if you like the podcast, make sure to uh, like, subscribe, follow us on apple podcasts, make sure to leave a review. Uh, we'd love your feedback and yeah, we're here. We're going to, we're going to kind of complete the slate in terms of bowl games. Uh, it's been a rough go for me, uh, in the first, uh, 18 or so, but I I feel more confident in the, in the next grouping, especially with the big 10 games. Let me, let me just kind of tell you what we're going to do. We're going to do picks for every single bowl game uh, remaining bowl game, obviously we won't pick the national championship yet. Um, but there's obviously there's a game that just, just changed and I'll talk about that as I get to that pick. The other thing I'm going to do is, is I'll just kind of, I want to walk you through the the guidelines for what happens if COVID rears its ugly head for the playoff games, because that just came out and I, I think there's there's some stuff worthy to talk about there. So we're gonna t- do that, but i'm I'm just gonna start right in with the bowl picks. and just just so you know, I'm gonna be much more um, knowledgeable about the Big Ten games as well as the playoff games. So I, I'm just gonna give quick picks in terms of against the spread for many of the games, but the big 10 games, I'm going to try to give you a score as well as the playoff games and the, the, the other new Year's six games. So that's going of kind of be what I'm going to try to do. Um, cause just honestly, I just don't know enough about some of these games. So f- for instance, I'll, I'll just start with the, the first two games on my list, the quick lane bowl, uh, Nevada versus Western Michigan and the military bowl on the 27th, Boston college in Eastern Carolina, I I just don't know a ton about those teams. Um, I'll give you my knee-jerk reactions to those. I think Nevada, you know, they're they're a one and a half point favorite. I think they're the better team. Uh, they're eight and four. I, I think they play a little bit stiffer competition than Western Michigan. I don't generally trust MAC teams in bowl games, so I'm going Nevada um, for the military. Uh, I think Nevada wins outright, and I, I think they cover the spread because, honestly, the only spread they wouldn't cover is a one-point victory. So I've got Nevada there. Uh, Military Bowl, Boston College, Eastern Carolina. I think Boston College, as bad of a rap as the ACC gets, I think Boston College is maybe a year or two away from really becoming a contender in that conference. Uh, they started out really well, and Jeff Hafley's done a great job. I think I think they get it done. They're the favorite. They're favorites by three and a half points. I think they get it done against Eastern Carolina. They win that game. Uh, I think they win it probably by a touchdown. Um, defense gets it done for them, uh, for the Golden Eagles. Um, on the 28th uh, of December, we get the Birmingham Bowl with an SEC versus American matchup. Auburn at six and six is the favorite against the Houston Cougars at 11 and two. This is a tough game because Houston, you know, they early, they looked like they were going to compete a little bit with Cincinnati in the uh, American championship game. Whereas Auburn has shown flashes of greatness. They have, they have some good talent. Uh, they obviously kept it close versus Alabama, took them to four overtimes. honestly, probably should have won that game, kept it close with Penn State. Uh, they beat, I believe they beat Texas A&M. So they've had some good moments this year, but they're six and six. And Bo Nix is in the transfer portal. And so that signals to me, maybe Brian Harson doesn't have maybe his whole team uh, kind of with it. I think what's also difficult, uh, Auburn is, is the favorite in this game. So they're three and a half point favorite and I'm not even sure they're the better team. And I don't think they have the motivation going into this game. So I like the Cougars. I, th- I think the Cougars win. I-, I think the Cougars might win outright, but I, I liked them to at least cover. I think this is, this is either a close game and Auburn wins by three or Houston wins this game outright and, and not only covers the spread, but wins the game. So that's at noon on the 28th, 3.15 p.m., Louisville and Air Force. Uh, it's a Mountain West game, Mountain West team in Air Force versus the AAC, ACC in Louisville. It's the first responders bowl. Uh, I've got Air Force covering the spread and, and winning outright. I just don't trust Louisville. I don't think they're very good. And I think Air Force is better than people give it, give them credit for. The military teams, you know, Army did really well. They, they came back to beat Missouri earlier this year or earlier in bowl season. I think Air Force gets it done. I think they win this game and they get to 10, win- 10 wins on the season. So good for the Air Force Academy. 645 is an SEC versus Big 12 matchup in the Liberty Bowl. Finally, a kind of a more traditional bowl here. Uh, 6.45 p.m. on the 28th, you have Mississippi State versus Texas Tech. Uh, I have on here that the spread's eight and a half points. It may have gone up a point since then, uh, since it got recorded. Uh, but Mississippi State's the favorite, and they they should be. I, I think Mississippi State is an underrated 7-5 and five team, as much as I got frustrated at the committee for uh, putting them in the top 25 s- several weeks in a row. I do think they are the better team. I think they win, and I think they win convincingly. I'm just not very sold on Texas Tech. So I've gotten Mississippi State winning, uh, winning by at least 10. They cover that game. The Holiday Bowl at 8 p.m. on the 28th. NC State versus UCLA. NC State 9-3, and coming off a pretty good year. Uh, Had a shot uh, to get in that ACC championship game before losing late. Uh, but they did beat Clemson earlier this season. UCLA, on the other hand, eight and four again, really good season for them. Knocked off LSU. LSU wasn't great, but you know they 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 still got that win, and that's a big deal for the Bruins. I think DTR is my X factor. Uh, Dorian Thompson Robinson, really really dynamic runner, can throw the ball well. I think if he plays well, I think UCLA wins. I'm picking UCLA to win this game. I think they've got some momentum, and this is a—it's a big bowl game for both these programs. You know, they're both kind of second-tier teams in their conference right now. I think this is a this is a momentum game for both these programs. This might be one of the best games before New Year's Eve. Uh, I, I'm really looking forward to that game, NC State UCLA, and then at 10:15, the guaranteed rate bowl game goodness uh, terrible uh it's a it is a big 10 team minnesota versus west virginia minnesota rowing the boat to eight and four pretty good season for pj flex squad west virginia at six and six minnesota a three and a half point favorite this is a game that minnesota should win and win comfortably i think they are the better team easily now, if you remember earlier this season, not that you can do transitive property, but Maryland beat West Virginia uh by I believe nine points in the opener. Minnesota beat Maryland and beat them, I think, pretty convincingly. And I think Minnesota, when they play well, is is a pretty good team that could take on, I think, quite a few programs, even in the top uh in the top 30. Top, you know, from the top 30 to top 20 range. I think they're a top top 25 caliber team, but we have seen them lay stinkers. You know, they, they lost to Bowling Green and they, they, they've lost other games that they should have won. And so this is a team they're coming off a high. They beat Wisconsin, uh, kept Wisconsin out of the big 10 championship game, had a shot to get in there late. So I, I think Minnesota has momentum going I think they're, they're easily the better team. I've got Minnesota winning 34 to, to 20. I just don't think West Virginia is going to be able to score much against their defense. And I think Minnesota's running game along with some of their, their underrated receivers are going to, are going to be too much for uh, the Mountaineers of West Virginia. Let's go to the 29th to the Fenway bowl. It's the American conference versus AC, ACC SMU at eight and four. Versus Virginia, six and six. SMU is a very small favorite at one and a half points. Uh, SMU, uh, I thought, was going to be a, a bit better against Cincinnati than they were, and uh, they really faded down the stretch. Quite honestly, but Virginia is going is undergoing a, a coaching change. Tony Elliott Elliot taking over there. I don't think he's coaching in the bowl game. I think Bron- Bronco Mendenhall might be coaching the bowl game. I'm not entirely sure. There, uh, but he is stepping away. He's not fired. He's stepping away from from coaching, uh, retiring. So it might end up being a, a a momentum boost for the Cavs. I just don't think Virginia is honestly all that good. I think SMU is motivated. They're playing a Power Five team, and I think SMU gets it done. I think they outscore Virginia. I think they win the game outright. I think they win it by at least a touchdown. And so I've got SMU there covering the spread. The pinstripe bowl at 215. We're going from Fenway Park to, the, to Yankee Stadium, guys. Virginia Tech at six and six is the favorite uh, over Maryland, although I think the line changed. Uh, let me just check here. My notes say that Virginia Tech is uh, the favorite, but in actuality, Uh, the the line has shifted to Maryland three and a half points. So something has happened in that game that I'm not aware of because that's a huge shift in terms of the line. Um, Part of it is probably that Virginia tech fired uh, Justin Fuente, Brent Pry, the new head coach there, uh, a lot of transfers coming out of Virginia tech. And you know, it's, it's, I would say Maryland has a lot more momentum. They, they won their last game. Virginia tech, uh, you know, obviously kind of fizzled down the stretch. I think Maryland, as much as they have struggled offensively, when they have played teams that are at or below their talent level, they have been explosive. And so I think Maryland outscores Virginia tech, Virginia tech's not a very good offense. So I like Maryland to win. I'm going to say 31 to 17. That's the score I've got for that game. I think Maryland, uh, Wins that game, gets to over 500 for my Gloxley, uh, and builds some good momentum going into next season. We've got the Cheez-It Bowl at 5.45 p.m. My kids are excited for this one because it probably just means that they get to eat a lot of Cheez-Its. They won't actually watch the game because they just want the Cheez-Its, but that's okay. Clemson, the favorite against Iowa State. Clemson's a one-point favorite. That, that just feels really really low for this game Clemson was not very good early in the season I think they started it was they were 0-7 against the spread uh, in their first seven games but I I just with all the talent they have I just cannot see Clemson losing to an Iowa State team that that doesn't have Brees Hall Brees Hall's opting out uh, I, I think Clemson wins this game. I, I don't know if it's going to be close. If I'm honest, like I get Clemson has struggled offensively, but I, I think Clemson gets it done. I think they win. I think they win convincingly. Uh, the Alamo bowl at 9:15. on paper, this game looks great. Oklahoma at 10 and two Oregon 10 and three. I think Oklahoma is going to smoke them. I know Oklahoma hasn't played well, but Oregon's go- undergoing a coaching change. They lost Mario Cristobal. And as, as great as Dan Lanning is going to be, uh, you know, just going through that coaching change, you know, they lost two out of three, both to Utah and got just destroyed. I think there's a lot more optimism with Oklahoma. I know they're also going, undergoing a coaching change, but I think there's a lot more optimism in the future, especially with Caleb Williams. Uh, as a freshman, I I think he really is going to be the X factor in this game. I've got Oklahoma winning and winning big in that game. So they're going to cover that spread. We go to new year's Eve, Eve the 30th, the Duke's Mayo bowl, where both coaches have promised to take a Mayo bath. If they win the game, goodness, I don't want to watch that, but that's okay. It's, it's a battle of Carolinas, North Carolina versus South Carolina. Uh, it's a seven and a half point spread. It's tempting to pick North Carolina here. Um, they, they've they actually gone to a nine point spread as uh, just in, as, as things have gone on, but uh, you know, Shane Beamer, I think has something going at South Carolina. I, I don't think they're, they're anywhere near the champion or the, the division crown yet, obviously, but. I think North Carolina has been overrated all season and I think South Carolina is just going to find a way to to keep it close. I don't think they win outright, but I think it's a close game. And honestly, if it's a touchdown, South Carolina covers. So I, I like South Carolina to cover that game. The music city bowl at 3 PM it's Tennessee versus Purdue, Tennessee, seven and five. Purdue is eight and four. Purdue is the underdog in that game. That line is stretched out to five points. Um, I'm going to just check something here. Uh, I, I think this is one of those games though, that this is a game that I think um, is very intriguing on paper, but I think is actually going to be a blowout. George Karloftis and David Bell, Are opting out of this game, which honestly, I'm not super surprised by. Um, I also don't think it would have mattered because in the past several years, Tennessee uh, and an average Tennessee team has gotten kind of a, a mid to high level Big Ten West team like Northwestern, or I think it was Iowa one year, or Nebraska. And It looks like it might be a competitive game on paper. And then Tennessee comes out like world beaters and blows them out. And and I think that's going to be what happens here as much as I love Jeff Brom. And I think his, his coaching ability, I think Tennessee's speed is going to be way too much for the Boilermakers. I think Tennessee blows them out. I I think it's going to be 38 20 Uh, Tennessee wins that game. Purdue gets a score late to make it at least a little bit more respectable, but We've got 38 20 Tennessee wins that game has a nice first season uh for um I can't remember his name now um the coach of Tennessee why can't I remember his name I'll remember it after I stop recording um and uh, Josh Heupel Josh Heupel I remembered it thankfully now Josh Heupel has a really nice first season for the volunteers and, and Purdue ends eight and five um Later, it, uh, it's the Peach Bowl, the first of the New Year's Six. We have Pitt, who is playing without Kenny Pickett. Michigan State playing uh, playing without Kenneth Walker. Michigan State is now the favorite in this game. They were the underdogs, um, but they are now the favorite in this game by two and a half points. I think that makes sense. I think as much as Kenneth Walker will be missed in this game, Michigan State's still getting healthy. and. I think as, as much as losing Kenneth Walker is a, is a big deal. They still have a lot of good talent on that offensive side of the ball. And I think without Kenny Pickett, without Mark Whipple, who moved on from the Panthers, uh, I, I think that it's just a tough ask for Pitt to kind of have that passing game, especially that that's the thing that they wanted to exploit. They wanted to exploit that Spartan defense on the back end now they're you know their Heisman finalist is out, and I don't I don't think they have anything special behind Kenny Pickett. You know he was their their four year starter or maybe even a five year starter with the COVID rule. You know they still have a, a really good receiver there, but I just I I don't think they're going to have the firepower without Kenny Pickett. So I've I've got Michigan State winning. I, I think it's gonna be lower scoring. I, I've got Michigan State winning. 27 to 20 in the peach bowl and then rounding out the night before new year's eve it's the las vegas bowl it's the big 10 versus the pac 12 wisconsin uh playing arizona state both eight and four wisconsin is a seven and a half point favorite actually that line has gone down to six and a half points i still like wisconsin to cover that spread i think braylon allen is the key I know Wisconsin lost to Minnesota, so they kind of ended on a sour note. But they were really starting to get their groove. I thought they beat some good teams. They beat Iowa. Whereas you look at if you look at Arizona State, Arizona State, I think really, you know, I think they have an inflated record against some pretty poor teams. You know, any anybody with a pulse, they lost. And so, yes, they lost. They beat Arizona. You know, yes, they beat some other some other pac 12 teams. I think they did beat UCLA. So that that's, that's one good win, but I, I just think Wisconsin is it's a better version of Arizona state. They run the ball better. Um, I think their defense is better. And I think Wisconsin gets the W low scoring game. I've got Wisconsin 20 Arizona state 13 and uh, Arizona. Sorry. I've got Wisconsin 24, Arizona State 13. So that's the Las Vegas Bowl. We head into New Year's Eve. We have the Tax Slayer Gator Bowl, which was supposed to be Texas A&M against Wake Forest. It is now Rutgers and Wake Forest. And there is there is not a line posted on ESPN, but I believe I saw somewhere it was 11 and a half points. This is a tough game to project because on one hand, I think Wake Forest is going to be the, they, they're expecting to be in this game. You know, Rutgers just found out and they're, they're clearly not as good as Wake Forest. You know, Wake Forest won 10 games. They were in the ACC championship game. Rutgers was lucky to be at five and seven. And I I think if, if the game was announced and they played, I think Wake Forest would easily cover the spread if it, if it is, in fact, and half points. However, I do think Rutgers keeps it close because Wake Forest has put in a lot of prep on Texas A&M. They've already implemented their game plan, and now all of a sudden they're like, okay, we got to switch. So I, I do think that's going to play a factor. Granted, Rutgers is getting a late jump into this, but I think Shiano finds a way to keep it close. I think Rutgers covers the spread, but I still think Wake Forest outscores, uh, the Scarlet Knights. I think it's going to be, uh, 30, 34 to 24 wake, uh, Rutgers barely covers, um, but 34 to 24, um, it might even be a backdoor cover, but I think Wake Forest gets the win, has an 11-win se- season. Great, great season for Wake Forest. Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl at noon. It's Miami playing Washington State. It is a, a pick at this point. And I, I've got Miami based solely on the fact that I think Miami has more talent. Um, and there's a lot of juice with the Mario Cristobal hire. So I've got Miami winning that game uh and obviously covering uh 2 p m we have the arizona bowl boise state uh playing central michigan i don't trust mac teams in bowl games so uh obviously you would think i'd pick boise state boise state isn't boise state of the past and so boise state uh at this point is an 8 point favorite honestly i think that's too much so i think boise state wins but i think central michigan covers uh, so, Boise State with the win. Central Michigan covering. Three p. three thirty p.m. is the first playoff semifinal game. Alabama playing Cincinnati. I was about to say Alabama Clemson because that's been th- the trend over the past several years, but it's Alabama Cincinnati. Alabama at twelve and one won the SEC. Cincinnati thirteen and zero won the American. And when I picked this game a few weeks ago, uh, you know, I picked it in a, just doing, just filling out a a bracket uh, or a a sheet. I I had Alabama covering uh, and and of course the, the spread is 13 and a half points. I'm doubting myself here because I, you know, I said in recent podcasts, I'm done doubting Cincinnati. And I don't doubt Cincinnati. Um, I I think Cincinnati can win this game. I think they have NFL guys on both sides of the ball. You know, you've got sauce Gardner and Kobe Bryant. You have some, some real, really good players on the defensive line and a linebacker on offense. I think Desmond Ritter is, might be the best quarterback that Alabama has faced all year. Um, I don't know who you would say that they've faced that's better. Um, he's certainly a top three, probably a top three round quarterback. I think Pierce is a really good receiver for them. I think they have a, a couple of really good tight ends. Offensive line has played really well. Uh, Ford obviously is very familiar with Alabama. He was an Alabama uh, transfer. So Cincinnati has has talent. They have power five talent. They they have I think the ability to win this game. And so I'm torn because I I really do think Cincinnati is better than people give them credit for because, uh, and I think people undervalue them because they're a group of five team. But I'll say this similar to what I said early this year when Alabama played Miami. Alabama knows how to prepare for games like this. Alabama, you know, they they have a few weeks to prepare. They have a few weeks to to think through you know, kind of think through this game. And I just don't think they're going to look past the Bearcats. I think other people are looking past the Bearcats. I don't think Nick Saban after hearing week after week after week they that they're this isn't up to their standard, that they're going to lose to Georgia. All that stuff, I don't think now they're gonna start thinking, yeah, we're pretty good. We're you know, we're gonna, we're gonna destroy the Bearcats. And I think what tends to happen with Alabama is they tend to peak at the right time. And as good as Cincinnati is, I think this game, I think this game's gonna be close until about the third quarter. And then I think Alabama's gonna pull away. I think, I think they're they're going to get a sack, sack fumble, an interception. I think Will Anderson really wrecks this game uh, on the defensive side of the ball for uh, for the Tide. I think they really – he really comes after Desmond Ritter. Uh, I think they they slow down, if not stop, the run game uh, entirely. And I think it's maybe 7-7, uh, 14-7, 14-10, late in the third quarter – and then the Bama avalanche happens. And I, I've got this game at 35, 17 Alabama covers very close until you get to the fourth quarter. Cause I, I, and I, I say this, people are going to think I'm, I'm I don't like Cincinnati. I think Cincinnati can win this game. My pick is solely on the track record of, of Nick Saban. Cause uh, aside from. Every other, aside from the Ohio State semifinal back in 2015, they are always prepared for the semifinal. And they have won every semifinal, I believe, by at least 18 points. And they've played really good teams. And they've played motivated teams. Um, And I just don't think Alabama, I just don't think Alabama is going to be fooled I think they're going to be well, they're going to be well-prepared. I've got Bama winning the first semifinal. 7.30 PM, the Orange Bowl. The second semifinal is Georgia as the favorite at seven and a half points versus Michigan, both 12 and one. Uh, Georgia, the SEC runner-up. Michigan, the Big Ten champion. And I, if you had asked me a week ago, I would have said Georgia's going to cover and they're going to cover easily. I'm not sure Michigan doesn't win this game outright. I think Michigan might be, they might be a tougher matchup for Georgia than Georgia is a tougher matchup for Michigan. I don't think Georgia has faced a run game like Michigan's. I don't think Georgia has actually faced aside from Alabama. I don't think they've faced a a quarterback um, as, as good as Cade McNamara. Now, I say that I think KJ Jefferson will become a very good quarterback. And I certainly don't think Cade McNamara is great, but he's, I think he's better than Stetson Bennett. And I I think his receiving core might, his receiving core is better than most receiving cores they've faced in the SEC. And I say that knowing that they faced Traylon Burks at Arkansas um, and they face some other, some other decent receiving cores. I think Florida has a pretty, a pretty decent receiving core, but if you look at the talent, uh, Andrew Anthony, I think has really come on. Sander still is, is a shifty speedy guy. Corn- Cornelius Johnson is, is really good. Their tight ends are really good. And look, Michigan is, you know, it's not like Michigan hasn't faced firepower. Michigan has faced a much better offense in Ohio State than Georgia. CJ Stroud is a much better quarterback than Stetson Bennett. Their receivers are far better than Georgia's, and I know that they've got Jermaine Burton and, and George Pickens. Look, they did a great job on Ohio State's receivers. The the one, the, my one question mark is the matchup between. Michigan's defensive line and Georgia's offensive line can can Michigan's defensive line win like they did against Ohio State, and conversely, can Michigan's offensive line win like they did against, they did against Ohio State's defensive line? Those are the two biggest matchups in the game. I'm picking Michigan to win, and I, I you know I might end up having egg on my face here. And I think Michigan, I, I think it's going to be an uphill battle. I think Michigan deserves to be the underdog. But I think they at least cover, and I'm, I, I'm picking them to win outright. I, I've got Michigan in a, in a tough, tight game, 27-23. to 23. Uh, Field goals are, are big in this game. Uh, Michigan has the Lou Groza Award winner. And I think they get it done, and I think we get an Alabama-Michigan championship game. Um, let's shift to New Year's Day. The Outback Bowl, Penn State versus Arkansas. This is a tough game to pick for me because um, I really believe in Penn State still, uh, despite their running game struggles. They're a one-point favorite at this point. I'm picking Penn State to win twenty-eight to twenty-one. Part of that is, you know, Arkansas has had some, some close wins. They've also really struggled, Uh, you know, the Arkansas game or the Alabama game for Arkansas is a bit of a misnomer because it it was very close, but Arkansas had to empty, had to empty the trick, uh, like empty the playbook to be close in that game. And I think Penn state's defense is really, really good. I, you know, I think they're going to be healthy that that was one of their struggles. They're going to be healthy. I think there's a little bit of juice because Sean Clifford's coming back uh, for his, I think 27th year for, for the Nittany lions were sixth, you know, but I've got Penn state winning this game. I think they win 24 to 20, uh, close game, uh, but Penn state gets it done and builds some momentum going into next year, citrus bowl at 1. PM. Uh, Kentucky playing Iowa. This just feels like uh, Iowa has has really snuck by to get to ten wins, but I think Kentucky uh, wins pretty easily here. I think they overpower the Hawkeyes, and I've got Kentucky winning twenty eight to seventeen. Um, obviously, Kentucky covers the spread. It's a it's a I believe a three point spread for Kentucky. Fiesta Bowl, Notre Dame playing Oklahoma State. Uh, Notre Dame is a two and a half point favorite. I, I think Notre Dame blows uh, Oklahoma State out of the water. Quite honestly, uh, Mike Gundy is going to wish he was born on third base because he needs he needs some better players to to stack up with Notre Dame. Oklahoma State doesn't have Jim Knowles, uh, who's going to Ohio State. So I like I like Notre Dame here to win and win pretty big. I think they, they win 31 to 20 covering the spread. I think Marcus Freeman gets a good first start heading into next season as the head coach of the fighting Irish, uh, the Rose bowl at 5. PM Ohio state versus Utah. Ohio state is a six and a half point favorite and, this game is very, very difficult for me. We don't know of any opt-outs yet. Although I, from what I can tell, I think Garrett Wilson is probably going to opt out. Nicholas frere might opt out. Chris Olave might opt out. And I honestly don't have a ton of confidence that Ohio State can stop Utah's running game. Uh, Tavion Thomas has been a stud. Utah has been great ever since they benched Charlie Brewer. And I mean, they beat one of the teams that beat Ohio state twice and they, they didn't just beat them. They thrashed them. They beat the stuffing out of them. And so the only reason why I I'm picking Ohio state right now, and this would, will change if Garrett Wilson opts out, but I just, I I think, I think Ohio State has more talent. I do think Ohio State's a bad matchup offensively for the Utes. But I think the other thing is that Ohio State has talked a lot in the, in the break during the bowl about how they were called out about being soft. Uh, Coach Gaddis for the Wolverines called them a finesse team that they're not very, that they're not very physical or not very tough. And I, on paper, Ohio State should win this game. I also think angry Ryan Day is the worst coach to coach against because he is a vengeful coach, if you know what I mean. He, he, he does not forget things easily. So I, I think Ryan Day is going to be out for blood. And so I think Ohio state wins. I don't think it's going to be a blowout. Um, I actually, I have this game at 38 31 because I don't think Ohio state's defense is going to be able to slow down the run game. And I think they're going to try to bleed the clock. Um, I think if Garrett Wilson opts out of this game, I think it, I think Utah at least covers. So I've got Ohio state winning. um, But If I were a betting man, I would, this is actually a game I would stay away from almost the most because I just don't know anything about, like, I just don't know how Ohio state is going to respond. And they've been a terrible, it's been terrible to try to pick Ohio state in these spreads all season. And I think Utah is really good. I think they're, they're, they're powerful. They're, they're strong. Um, Kyle Whittingham's a great coach. So I think I think the Rose Bowl might be a really really fun matchup to watch. Uh, Sugar Bowl at eight forty five p.m. on New Year's Day, Baylor versus Ole Miss. Ole Miss surprisingly, well they were a underdog. They're now a one point favorite. Uh, it's all about Matt Corral. Uh, I believe Matt Matt Corral is playing in this game, and. I I think yes, he is I think he is playing um in the in the bowl game. So that is a big deal. I I just don't think Baylor has the defense to slow down Lane Kiffin's offense. And I think Ole Miss really goes into the into the offseason with a lot of momentum going into 2022, even though they're losing Matt Crowley NFL draft. Last but not least before the, the national championship game on the fourth, we have the Texas bowl. No idea why this bowl game is being played. Uh, it's the last bowl game before the national championship, but LSU is playing Kansas state. LSU is six and six, Kansas state seven and five. Uh, Kansas state is a three and a half point favorite. I, I'm picking Kansas state. Cause I just, I just, with a lot of opt-outs, a lot of transfers. I just think LSU is an, is kind of a mess right now. And even though Brian Kelly's coming in, I just think it's going to be a rough turnaround for uh, the Tigers with with everything going on to play this game. I think Kansas State's probably motivated to play in this game. So I've got Kansas State winning, uh, winning that game and covering the spread. That's it for Bowl Picks. We'll be right back on the Big Ten Football Talk podcast. I'll talk a little bit about uh, news that came out about uh, what happens if COVID shuts down one of the college football playoff games. Before history is written, Bobby behind the it's played. Tinelli, Nister, Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Welcome back to the Big Ten Football Talk podcast. We're going to take a look at the protocols for the college football playoff in the event that the Omicron variant of of COVID-19 would shut down uh, one of these games. And so here's, here's what they're saying on the NCAA website. And this is just just as a reminder, this is not uh, something that the NCAA has put out. It's something that the college football playoff committee announced. And so just remember that as as I I say these uh, share these things with you and then I'll kind of give you my thoughts on them and then we'll wrap up here. So in the playoff semifinals, which are the Cotton and Orange Bowls, if one team is unavailable to play, the unavailable team shall forfeit the game and its opponent would advance to the national championship game. If both teams are unavailable to play in one semifinal, the semifinal game would be declared a no contest and the team winning the other semifinal game would be declared the national champion. The playoff semifinals, if if three teams are unavailable to play, the semifinal game in which two teams are unable to play will be declared a no contest in the other semifinal game. The the team unable to play shall forfeit the game and its opponent would be declared the national champion. And if the national championship uh, if the team's unavailability is determined after the playoff semifinals have been conducted, the national championship game in Indianapolis may be rescheduled to no later than Friday, January 14th. If one team is able to play and the other is not, and the game cannot be rescheduled or is rescheduled and cannot be played, then the team unable to play shall forfeit the game and the other team shall be declared the college football playoff national champion. If both teams are unable to play or either an original or rescheduled date, then the game shall be declared no contest and the national championship shall be vacated for this season. All right, so let me give you some thoughts. I think the semifinals, th- th- those thoughts, they make sense that if you have to forfeit or if you if you can't show up to the game, then you have to forfeit. That's kind of been the rule all season long in, mo- in most conferences, right? I think the Big Ten had put out something that said, um if everybody tests for covid and, and you have to withdraw from a contest then it's a forfeit that makes sense i think it's dumb but it makes sense i this is clearly being made from a financial decision and standpoint rather than a uh, I think a college football standpoint if i'm being honest um I, I know it would be hard to reorganize. And, and, and the, the biggest thing with the semifinals is if, if one of the semifinals gets de- or has to get canceled, if you were to try to delay that, you have to then delay the other one because the other one, that it'll be unfair with the amount of time that teams have had off and, and all that stuff. You'd have to push back the national championship game. And so I understand all that. Like There's a lot of hoops to, to, to jump through. At the same time, I think you, you find a way to play these games at some point, and that gets me to their, I can understand it though for the semifinals, like really, I can understand it for the semifinals, because it's, it's not just those games, it's, you have to think about the next game, so I get that, here's, here's where I have a real issue, is, is this idea? that they're going to cancel the national championship game and vacate the championship. First of all, nobody wants to win a national championship because another team couldn't play. Nobody wants to win a national championship that way. Like imagine if Cincinnati gets to play Alabama and Alabama can't play because of COVID. And so they get to the national championship game, and then they don't end up playing their opponent in the national championship game because, you know, they the winner. Of the that game also got COVID. Well, that's that's awful, because as much as Cincinnati would be excited to hang a national championship banner, it's always going to come with a massive asterisk. And to me, I, I think that's just. I I don't understand why they're there has to be this time frame that they have to, they have to schedule it no later than Friday, January 14th. I get that there are other things at play, right? The NFL draft deadline, which I think is, I cannot believe they have not moved this up to, to support players. Uh, I believe it's three days after the national championship game that, that players have to declare for the NFL draft. I cannot believe they they don't, change these things that they they don't or they they have a a rule that says hey even if you declare for the nfl draft you can come back and play in this in this one game i think you have to make accommodations for this it's the national championship game and to say that you're going to you're gonna you're gonna vacate or you're gonna do all these things i i think is an I I think it's an unreasonable thing. And before people start saying, well, what about ticket sales? And what about sponsorships? And what about this? And and my argument back is you have been so much about amateurism up to this point. So much about the tradition of the game. If if that's that's what you're going to say, and yet, like, this is all about money. It's all about money just have the national championship game in, a, in, a, in an arena or at a home stadium or something just do something other than vacate the championship and so I, I i i hope and pray that this is not what happens but i think of all the ways that they could have done this i, I appreciate that they at least have some sort of contingency but this is a very limited contingency and I get that there's, there's a lot of struggle here and it's, it's a crisis and I get it, but I think, I think you find a way to play this game regardless of what happens, you know, unless if it, if it's extended to like March and and that doesn't work, but find a way to play this game, right? Like, please find a way to do it. And, my last critique, and then I gotta, I gotta sign off here, but it, it boggles my mind that it's the playoff committee that announces this policy and not the NCAA. And it, it increases my frustration that the NCAA cannot make decisions for their most popular, uh, What they're the most popular thing that they have oversight over, they don't actually give oversight to it. The most important things that matter to the sport of college football, the NCAA abdicates responsibility and they move away from it. And it's, it's, it's maddening to me and why Mark Emmert, like, I don't know what he does in his office at the NCAA, like at the NCAA headquarters. But to just parrot what the college football playoff committee decides is just, it, it's maddening to me. Like NCAA, this is your thing. Please do something, make a decision for once, besides just suspending people for dumb violations. Uh, my hope, my hope and prayer is that New Year's Eve, we are watching Cincinnati try to take out the crimson tide and we watch Michigan and Georgia in in and I think in what might be an instant classic game and that's what I'm hoping that's what I'm hoping for I hope we get we, there's no no cancellations but that's it for the big 10 football talk podcast I will be back after all the bowl games and we'll talk hopefully about the national championship game um, and my preview for it Uh, have a great new year's eve new year's day i hope you enjoyed your christmas your christmas eve with your families take care god bless happy bowl season